Well, hi there, and welcome to another edition of The Journey of Hope. Glad you could be with us. The Journey of Hope is a podcast that's especially designed to address the issues that men and women face after incarceration. My guest today is Jenny Mannion, and she's going to be showing us how to tap into various areas of our thinking that will improve the way we feel. It's interesting stuff. You're going to want to stick around for it. And we'll be back with Jenny right after this. Love to hear from you, know how you're doing. Let me know if you've got an idea for a show or a guest. I'll sure take a look at it. You can catch me at MathersRodney at Yahoo.com, M-A-T-H-E-R-S-R-O-D-N-E-Y at Yahoo.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My guest today is Jenny Mannion. Jenny is an author and has an online class and community called Embracing Bliss. Her book is A Short Path to Change, 30 Ways to Transform Your Life. Now, I invited Jenny on to get her ideas on how we can tap into the energy that it takes to live the kind of life that we want to, despite our circumstances, which includes our past. Welcome, Jenny, to the Journey of Hope. How are you? I am really good. Thank you so much for having me on. And I hear you loud and clear, too. That's awesome. excellent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, look, I was going through your book, and <clears throat> I thought it interesting that the first thing that you go to is forgiveness. Sure is. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because this audience is something that that we talk about from time to time. Um, why is that the first thing you go to there? It is really important that we start living life from now and don't live it from the past stories and traumas that we have. And a lot of times we do allow the past traumas and stories to create our reality around us it starts to create our self-worth we can be replaying words uh, either from someone else that we feel has done us wrong or from ourselves from something we feel like could have would have should have done differently mm -hmm. and those are not inspiring words and until we let go of that we're really kind of holding ourselves in a holding pattern in the past so that really needs to be one of the first steps to saying, you know what, I'm ready to move on. I've tortured myself over this long enough. I've punished mm -hmm. myself over this long enough. I am ready to forgive and forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean we're happy about what happened. It just means that we are not allowing it to hold us back anymore. And we're it, ready to move on. And and it can be a hindrance to, to moving yeah. forward, I, I guess. Sure can. You're saying. Okay, now I hope I'm saying this right. Ho opono opono. <laughs> Ho opono opono. You said it well. I did. Well, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't on purpose because I mean, you know, I don't know. But hey, listen, tell us 
about that and the story of Dr. Lynn. I think that sets us up yeah. really well. Yeah. Tell us about Dr. that. That's kind of a strange story, isn't it? It is a really strange story. Tell so, us about that. Ho'oponopono is an ancient form of Hawaiian healing. Dr. Len was a psychologist that was asked to work at a criminal mental health facility where no one really wanted to work in this unit anymore. People, kind of people that were very mentally disturbed, people that had done pretty horrific things, and they couldn't keep staff there, they couldn't keep personnel there, so they... They asked him to come in instead of seeing the clients, he said he was going to sit with their charts for the allotted session time and say this Hawaiian form of healing for them. And within a couple of weeks, people were being let off medications. The staff was being like, do it for me. You know, things are improving in everyone's lives. (laughs) Actually, they wound up getting rid of that unit. Uh, Flowers were growing outside. I've seen this prayer and it's such a complicated name. It sounds like for such a simple prayer, it's actually the first thing that I do give my clients when I'm working with them because it's only four sentences. It's easy to remember. It is, I've learned so many tools over the last 15 years. This is my go-to when I find my mind kind of running (laughs) rampant uh, or there's some forgiveness work that I need to do for myself or others. And it is those four sentences. And it's really about the way we talk to ourselves, the way we limit ourselves, the way we put out energy when we're thinking of someone else that maybe we feel has wronged us. So it's four simple sentences, and I do say to start it with yourself. So it's, I love you, and that might even be hard to say, but know that at soul level, you love yourself. You know, there are reasons why you protect yourself. You love yourself, even if it's deeply buried. So I love you. I am sorry. I'm sorry for all the things I say in my head about you. I'm sorry for the limits I put on you. I'm sorry for not believing that I am love. You know, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and thank you. And those four simple sentences, when you say it to yourselves, yourself, usually there's lots of tears. (laughs) You know, it connects you deep within. And then I ask that you say it for someone else that maybe you can use, that can use a little love. We know that hurt people hurt people. If someone was disrespectful for you, to you, or hurt you in some way, guaranteed they were not feeling their best self. People, abusers were abused. They've learned it somewhere. It's, you know, a coping mechanism to maybe feel some power. So really, when we're saying that, it can be really hard if some someone did something pretty horrific to you, but imagine them as a little kid if you can. Imagine them at soul level if you can. And again, we're not saying that it's okay, that we're oh, thrilled that that happened. We're just saying we're letting it go. You know, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been, you know, calling your names in my head for 20 years. I'm sorry you were abused, too. I'm sorry for whatever you went through that you were so hurt that you had to, you felt you had to do that. Please forgive me. Thank you. And it really does shift energy pretty magically because you're getting beyond that 3D, you did this to me or this happened or our story, and you're really opening up for other energy to come into that situation. And this is this is what you do. You um, help people tap into that, right? And and that's yes. why that's why I wanted you on to on today. Let's let's also talk a little bit about you had mentioned uh, things that you say to yourself, self-talk in the way you handle that is important as well, right? And it is. 
Tell, talk to us so about important. self-talk because I know that's a part of your book too. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, we usually don't speak nicely to ourselves. We have an ongoing dialogue. Our mind is very rarely quiet. And usually those messages are not positive, inspiring ones. They're ones saying, oh, you're, you know, you're stupid. You shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, I, I don't think this will work out. We're really pretty negative with that self-talk. And what that does is it disempowers us. Just like if we were talking that way to an animal or a child, if we said that over and over again, we would expect them to be probably huddled in a corner or feeling very disempowered. But yet we don't grant ourselves that same nicety of how we speak to other people, how we do cuddle our pets and tell them we love them, how we speak to each children and our friends and our loved ones. And it really isn't switching that, that we start to feel a little more empowered. And it is a journey, like not, not beating yourself up if you find yourself saying something negative to yourself, because that's a habit. And it's something that you've gotten very accustomed to. But if you hmm. catch yourself being able to be like, hey, wait, do I believe I'm stupid? No, you know, maybe I wish I hadn't done that thing. Or, But you can learn from that. We're here to learn. We're here to experience and learn and grow. And when we look at it more like that, we can understand that you know, sometimes it's those hardest lessons that we learn and grow the most from. Mm-hmm. And be a little kinder and gentler to ourselves. When you find yourself saying something negative to yourself, ask yourself, would I say this to a loved one? You know, and usually it's like, (laughs) no, I would never speak to someone like that. So giving yourself that permission to speak kinder to yourself. Okay. What about worrying? This is another issue for listeners of this show. Just, you know, ruminating on uh, what's to come. How, How do you address worrying? There's a couple of ways to address worry. Worry is fear about something that we don't want to happen. So whenever we put our energy on anything, it expands. So sitting in worry for a long time, again, it's the same as self-talk. It's not going to make us feel inspired. It's going to make us just feel like this is the only way it can come. The outcome can be. Whereas if we say think about the situation like i don't have enough money in the bank or you know this relationship isn't good or you know it's going to fail like think about three positive ways where maybe that it can work out just put that out there you know because we tend to go to what if and down the mm-hmm. rabbit hole mm-hmm. of the negative we do. why not put up what if what if i get an unexpected check what if you know this bill is paid what if mm-hmm this magical things happens and another thing you can do is this is the richard dodds method i love this is if you catch yourself worrying set a timer and let yourself worry for five minutes and then move on you know say you know what and then after that say i worried about that already today i'm done you know because sitting in it you're not going to get inspiration for how to get out of that situation by sitting in fear it will come when you're in the garden or out for a walk or you know it will come when you're doing something else mm-hmm. it really does not suit us it's okay to go there for a little while because we're not meant to hide our emotions but it doesn't do us any good to sit in it and seep in it and really believe that that is the only way things can work out jenny how but what is the difference then between this is this is something we talk about a lot here and and something i've dealt with personally what is the the difference between worrying and putting out like 
some, like you were saying, scenarios um, and, you know, critically thinking through the possibilities so that you're prepared in case things happen. I mean, is it okay to ruminate on the negative a little bit so you can... um, I mean, I'm not asking for per- permission. But yeah, let's... it is permission, though, and I think it's important because <clears throat> you don't want to sink, you don't want to stuff down any emotion because it will manifest physically, emotionally, right. some other way. Right. So we, why not go for the worst case scenario for five minutes? Why not, you know, do that a little bit, but also come up with some positive scenarios? Mm-hmm. Why not spend that time too? If you're going to spend five minutes down the negative rabbit hole, you know, mm-hmm. and worst case scenario, why not spend five minutes then thinking about the positive scenarios that could happen and also leave one for hey, I don't know everything. Maybe this can just work out in a way yeah. that I sure. never thought of before. Right. Okay, let's switch gears just a little bit. Well, I don't guess it's really switching gears, but this whole idea that, that this approach you have about the chakras, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what is that? How do we use that to fill us in on that? I know there's seven of them, but that's as far as I can go with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is new to me. There are seven ones in our body. Okay, they tell are... us about that. They're centers of energy. There are hundreds throughout our body and in our energy fields around us. There are seven major ones, and they all correspond. This is what Eastern medicine is based on. So acupuncture and other Eastern medicine is based on energy centers. And they are the color of the rainbow going up. They start at our, and they all represent emotions and physical that correspond with things that are physically in our body. When you start learning about them, they really do make sense. And it's our inner diagnostic system and way of our body communicating with us. But we're not taught it, so we don't know. You know, we don't know when we get uh, a stomach ache that we might have a power issue going on. You know, we we go and grab a tums or we grab something. So, mm-hmm. and not saying that that's not you know okay sometimes, but if you have a recurring thing, usually your body is trying to tell you something. So the root chakra is red and it's at the base of the spine the first chakra and that really is about our messages from our parents from our society growing up and it makes sense that that's the first chakra and it affects our legs so if maybe you've had a rough childhood if you're having trouble stepping forward right now on your path you can have leg problems hip problems feet problems so each one corresponds the second one is orange and that's about a little blow about the a little above the belly button and that is your sacral chakra that's about your sexual relationships your intimate relationships how you see yourself as a man and a woman if that is off you could you could feel you could have problems with your sexual organs you could have trouble creating it's like the base of creation how we create emotions so you could have trouble controlling your emotions uh the third chakra is the power center it's yellow it's at our solar plexus solar plexus chakra and it's our power center so like that gut feeling that you have um and trusting your gut as well as people with an overly open overactive third chakra can be almost uh, a little narcissistic and power hungry whereas if it's closed you can really doubt your power so it's really helpful in balancing these that both three are all about our life on this planet and 
really develop as we are growing up. And if we've had issues with that, we might have some issues to resolve around those lower chakras. Chakras, the one in the middle, it kind of combines heaven and earth. And it's all about our relationships and our self-love. That is a really important one to balance. It's kind of the center of everything. And if we have issues with that, we're going to have issues with our lungs, our breasts, our heart. Uh, just like with the solar plexus, we would have had issues with our stomach and digestion. So each one corresponds to that section of our body. The throat chakra is blue and is at the throat. And if you have communication issues and trouble expressing yourself, you could have thyroid issues, sore throats all the time. So our body like is very intelligent and is trying to communicate if, if it's out of balance. And learning about the chakras is so empowering because we can be like, hey, hey, I have a sore throat. What am I not speaking up about? Or what am I not creatively expressing? So it's a little helpful for diagnosing energetically and emotionally what's going on. There's two more I'll go through. Third eye chakra is at the third eye. It's kind of the most commonly known. Um, you can know it like in, the, in Eastern religion, sometimes there will be a dot there that is to center that third eye, that intuition. It's how we see the world inside and out. And if that's not balanced, we can get headaches. Uh, we can have kind of delusions of grandeur. We can really just not see the truth of the world or be in tune with our intuition. And then the crown chakra is at the tippy top of our head. And that's violet or white. And that's really about our connection to everything. That's where we receive guidance that's where we can feel connected to um, there's food and gems to balance each one but with the seventh chakra it's really about being present and are you paying attention to your food when you're eating it or are you shoving it in your face like are you hmm. mindfully grateful i'm too embarrassed to answer that question so each one is so powerful <clears throat> mm-hmm. in the guidance that they can give us Thank you for going through those. I I was kind of hoping you would, but I didn't know if you would or not, because it's a lot. But it's all in your book, right? And so tell us a little bit about, just real quickly, Jenny, how did you decide to put this down into a book, and how how did all that happen? Well, in healing myself, I, first of all, I was like, how the heck did I do that? You know, it's seven years of chronic illness and wound up healing myself in three weeks. And it really opened my mind to the mind-body connection. I majored in psychology. I knew some of that stuff. But when you get a bunch of diagnoses, it, it becomes very limiting. You trust the doctors. You think that that is the only scenario of how things can turn out. And I was told I'd be in a wheelchair. Uh, and this was in my mid-30s and that there was no hope of me healing. So in healing myself, I recognized how powerful the mind is. In three weeks, I was healed off all medications and really wanted to shout from the rooftops, hey, you know, life can be better. We can heal ourselves. And through that, I found blogging. I started seeing clients, started getting certified in every kind of energy medicine that I could find that resonated. And saw that we all had a lot of things in common, that we all struggle with self-worth, that we all want to move forward, but a lot of times don't have the tools to move forward. And the thought of like meditating two, three hours a day, hey, that'd be wonderful if you have the time, but not many people have the time for that or you know, the desire to do that. So I really wanted to create easy, simple tools that 
you can do some of these. You can say Ho'oponopono in the shower, you know, or when you're mm-hmm. driving. You mm-hmm. can set intentions or pay gratitude early in the morning or before you go to bed or when you're brushing your teeth. I really like tools that people can just integrate into their lives and pull from this big spiritual toolbox. Hey, I do feel like doing Ho'oponopono today. You know, no, we don't feel like doing that, you know, but I do, I can sit down and say what I'm grateful for for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to incorporate a lot of easy tools so that people can have a toolbox to just pull from and start seeing changes in whatever area of life they desire them in. Okay. How do they get your book? Where do they go? I guess Amazon. Where, where do we yeah, find it? Yeah, they book? can go to Amazon to get that. Okay. The book is called, let me say it one more time here, um, A Short Path to Change, 30 Ways to Transform Your Life. Jenny, I wish we had more time. I'd like to talk to you some more about this, but we've got to go. And I thank you so much for being on the Journey of Hope today. Thank you so much. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back after this. I'm Rodney Mathers, and you're on the Journey of Hope. Hey, got an idea for a show? Let me know, and I'll sure check it out. You can let me know how you're doing, too. I'd like to hear that as well. You can catch me at MathersRodney at Yahoo.com, M-A-T-H-E-R-S-R-O-D-N-E-Y at Yahoo.com. Well, I want to thank my special guest today, Jenny Mannion, and I want to remind you that if God is for you, who can be against you? We'll see you next time right here on The Journey of Hope.